there is a twofold purpose in Lent. First is to turn away from sin. Second is to turn to the Lord of mercy. So two ways you can do that. Turning away from sin and then turning toward the Lord. So there's a turning away from something and a turning towards something. And you need both. You need both. Because when you turn away, you need God's grace to turn to him. And when you turn to the Lord, the way to, pro to truly turn to the Lord is to turn away from sin. Otherwise, it's a false turning. It's a false repentance. It's not a true repentance. And so you see that with Levi. Jesus calls him. Levi is Matthew. And he says, follow me. And what does Levi do? What does he do? He turns away from his sin. What's his sin? Greed. He turns away from his tax collector's table. And then he turns to the Lord. And you know what he does for Jesus? He throws a party for him. Isn't that great? So when you turn from sin and turn to the Lord, then you give thanksgiving. And how do you give thanksgiving? What's the word for thanksgiving? Eucharist is the word for thanksgiving. Exactly what you're doing here at Mass, where you're giving thanksgiving to the Lord for all the good that he has done for you. But you have to realize the good that he has done for you. You have to realize the gravity of sin in order to realize God's mercy. If you don't realize the gravity of sin, you'll never realize God's mercy then it, it will be a kind of a false mercy where you think that you can continue on the path that you're doing and turn to the Lord, but that's a false mercy. You cannot do that because sin hurts you. And God wants your light to shine. Your light will not shine if you have sin within you. So Jesus is calling at the beginning of light, he's calling sinners to repentance. Jesus does not love the sin, but he loves the sinner. He wants sinners to come to him. So the first thing is when we say, when we pray for the conversion of sinners, a lot of times when we say, God, I pray for the conversion of sinners. A lot of times in our mind, we're thinking about someone else. Who is a sinner? Who is a sinner? A lot of times we think about someone else or we condemn someone else. We condemn the actions of someone else. Who is a sinner? The first person who's a sinner is yourself. But we are all sinners. I am a sinner. Even though I'm preaching up here, I'm a sinner. I admit it. I am a sinner. God have mercy on me. I am a sinner. And that's what we should all say during Lent. I am a sinner. When I pray for the conversion of sinners, I'm first praying for myself to repent. And then I pray for my brothers and sisters to repent. That's why in the chaplet of divine mercy, when we pray the chaplet, we first say an atonement for our sins. It's first my sins I need to atone for. And then those of the whole world. And we can see the sins of the whole world right now. It's right on the internet and on our television. Now, yes, there are some sins that are greater, some sins that are lesser. But we're all sinners in one way, form, or fashion. And this is what Lent calls us to do, this self-reflection of, I am a sinner. 
I need to repent. The great thing about Levi, Matthew, is that he recognized he was a sinner. He was the tax man. How many of you love the tax man? How many of you love to pay taxes? Wherever country you're from, do you love to pay taxes? Do you love it when the government takes money out of your paycheck? Probably no one likes that. And the IRS is not the very most popular organization. We need taxes. But Matthew, he was a tax man. He was taking money from the Israelites, from his own people. He was giving them to the Romans. And he was pocketing it. So he was greedy. But the great thing about Matthew, even though he had all those sins, he repented from his sins. He saw, gee, there was something in Jesus that was greater than the greed and the money that he was making. And so he abandoned it all, and he went to follow Jesus. He repented. Whereas the Pharisees and the scribes here, what are they doing? They're accusing others of being sinners. They're accusing Jesus of eating with tax collectors and sinners. And the, the thing is about the Pharisees, they have pride. They did not look inside themselves. They're calling Matthew a sinner, but they're not calling themselves sinners. See that? Our, our problem is when we get into life, we get pride and we say, they're a sinner. That person's a sinner. You could very easily do it with governments. They're sinners in governments. They're corrupt. And they may be. They may be. But then you're only looking at their sin. You're not looking at your own sin. Because your own sin may be worse than their sin. And you don't even recognize it. You don't even recognize that your sin is greater than their sin. And yet you're condemning them of their sin. So we all need to look inside ourselves first. Where is my sin? Where do I need to repent? Where do I need to ask the Holy Spirit to enlighten me? If you don't know your sins, ask the Holy Spirit to enlighten you of your sins. He will do it. He will do it. You can do that. You can say, Holy Spirit, give me this examination of conscience. Illumine my conscience. Show me my sins. Show me where I need to repent. Show me what sin I need to turn away from so that I can turn to the Lord in his mercy, so that I can go back to confession. Now, there are some people that they don't come to the Lord. They may recognize their sins, but they fear God. They fear his justice. More than loving his mercy, they fear his justice. They think, God can never forgive me for my sins. I've done so much wrong. I've done so much evil in my life. Look at me, I've made a mess of my life. Where can I go? And that's where Jesus, he opens up his arms and he says, come to me, I will heal you. But Lord, I'm miserable. Look at me, I'm misery itself. Look at all my sins. And God says, I do look at your sins and I have compassion on you. I have mercy on you. Come, trust in my mercy. And so there, there's kind of this holy war. 
between the misery of the soul and the God of mercy. But with God, you have to allow God to win. Don't fight God. Don't try to win because you'll always lose. You'll lose in the end if you try to fight God. You'll lose either with his mercy or you'll lose with his justice. Lose with his mercy. Allow his mercy to overcome your sin. And so I'd like to read to you some excerpts from the diary of St. Faustina. Because we all have this kind of fear within us of God. Of, is God going to punish me? Look at my life. Look at my sins. Look at my addictions. The things I fall into again and again and again. Can God ever forgive me? This is what Jesus says. This is 1059 in the diary of St. Faustina. St. Faustina says, Jesus is commanding me to make a novena before the feast of mercy. That's the novena to the divine mercy. And today I'm be to begin it for the conversion of the whole world and for the recognition of the divine mercy. And, and then Jesus says, so that every soul will praise my goodness. I desire trust for my creatures. Encourage souls to place great trust in my fathomless mercy. Let the weak, sinful soul have no fear to approach me. For even if I had more sins than there are grains of sand in the world, all would be drowned in the unmeasurable depths of my mercy. So count your sins. Are they as many as the grains of sand in the world? In the world. Go to the beach. Count the grains of sand. Go outside. Count the grains of sand. Can you count the grains of sand? And even if your sins were as many as those grains of sand in the ground on the beach, still God's mercy is greater even than those sins. God's mercy can overcome those sins. That's why he says trust. Trust is the bridge from misery to mercy. We need the key of trust. It unlocks the heart of Jesus. If you keep saying, Jesus, I trust in you, even if you keep falling, even in Lent from Ash Wednesday up until Saturday, even if you fell Ash Wednesday and you fell the Thursday after Ash Wednesday and you fell the Friday after Ash Wednesday, and say even this morning you fell again, Saturday after Ash Wednesday, trust in God's mercy. God will still forgive you. If you sin seven times a day and ask for mercy seven times a day, God will give you mercy 77 times a day. That's how good he is. All we have to do is keep repenting, keep getting up, keep humbling ourselves, keep acknowledging our sins, Keep asking for God's grace, and God's grace will be there for us. If you're still not convinced of God's mercy, let me read to you more from the diary of St. Faustina, what Jesus says about his mercy. He says this, God has promised a great grace, especially to you and to all those who will proclaim my great mercy. I shall protect them myself at the hour of death as my own glory. And even if the sins of souls will be as dark as night, when the sinner turns to my mercy, 
He gives me the greatest praise and is the glory of my passion. When a soul praises my goodness, Satan trembles before it and flees to the very bottom of hell. When you praise God's goodness, even though you may be miserable, yes, you may recognize I'm misery. I fall into sin all the time. I'm no good. You can look at your wretchedness, but that's why we have the image of the divine mercy, not to look at yourself, but to look at Jesus, to look at his mercy, to see his mercy, to see his love, to see his goodness. That's how Satan goes away from you. Satan can only accuse you of your sins. And he's right. Maybe, you know, just agree with Satan. Yep, I did that. Yep, I did that. You forgot one, Satan. <laughs> because all he can do is accuse you. And then you say, that's all right. And I turn to the God of mercy. Because only God can forgive me of these sins that you're accusing me of. That's why Satan will flee to the bottom of hell. He says this, the graces I grant you are not for you alone, but for a great number of other souls as well. I perform works of mercy in every soul. The greater the sinner, the greater the right he has to my mercy. If you're a great sinner, you have a right to God's mercy. Because Jesus went through his passion and death on the cross for sinners. You have a right to his mercy. He says here, let the greatest sinners place their trust in my mercy. They have the right before others to trust in the abyss of my mercy, right about my mercy towards tormented souls. If you feel tormented in your soul, sin has got you down. The devils are attacking you. Place your trust in God's mercy. He says the greatest sinners, the greatest sinners, that's who he, he wants to come to his merciful heart are the greatest sinners. He says this, write this for the benefit of distressed souls. When a soul sees and realizes the gravity of its sins, when the whole abyss of the misery and to which it immersed itself is displayed before its eyes, let it not despair. But with trust, let it throw itself into the arms of my mercy as a child into the arms of its beloved mother. These souls have a right of priority to my compassionate heart. They have first access to my mercy. Tell them that no soul that has called upon my mercy has been disappointed or brought to shame. I delight particularly in a soul which has placed its trust in my goodness. Even if you're in despair, even if you're distressed about the pandemic and now there's a war in Europe and it seems like everything is crashing down around you in your life and maybe things are not going well in your life, run to God's mercy. God, God will pick you up like a mother picking up her child and press you to his heart and love you and show, show you that you're loved that you're worth it, that you can make a difference in this world. That's how much God loves us. Love is what transforms us more than anything else. It's when we realize that we're loved and that God has mercy on us. Only then will we want to change our lives.
if we just see it as a bunch of rules and regulations, we're not going to want to turn away from sin. But if we know that God loves us, as we go toward God, he embraces us. He showers us with his blood and water. He cleanses us of our sins. Then only then do we see then the misery of sin. We want to turn away from sin and fall into the arms of God's mercy. You want another one? One more? Okay, one more. One more. Audience here is saying one more. So sorry, live stream, I can't see you. They're saying one more. They want one more. This is about confession. When you go to confession, to this fountain of my mercy, the blood and water which came forth from my heart always flows down upon your soul and ennobles it. Every time you go to confession, immerse yourself entirely in my mercy with great trust, so that I may pour the bounty of my grace upon your soul. When you approach the confessional, know this, that I myself am waiting there for you. I am only hidden by the priest, but I myself act in your soul. Here, the misery of the soul meets the God of mercy. The misery of the soul meets the God of mercy, the sacrament of confession. So when you see your sins, when you know that you're a sinner, turn to God, turn to his mercy, pray the chaplet, turn to the image, go to confession, go, go and humble yourself before the Lord, ask for his mercy. If you fall again into sin, Come back to confession. You'll keep us busy right here at the National Shrine. You'll keep us busy as priests, or you'll keep your parish priest busy. You knock on his door and say, Father, I need to go again. You just went yesterday. I need to go again. I need to go again, Father, because, because I'm being attacked. I, I need God's mercy. So just keep coming to God's mercy. Don't stop coming to God's mercy. There is no limit to God's mercy. It's an inexhaustible fountain you can drink from and you can keep drinking from his mercy. And that is why when we ask, first of all, for mercy for ourselves, and we experience that mercy ourselves, especially in the sacrament of confession, the Eucharist and adoration and prayer, when we experience that, then we become like the divine mercy image. We start bestowing mercy toward others. We start having compassion toward others. We don't become like the Pharisees and just call others sinners and judge them. Rather, we look upon another person as a sinner. We have compassion on them. We start praying for them. We start reaching out. We start listening to them. We start praying over them. We pray the chaplet not only for ourselves, but then we pray for them. And so our hearts begin to reach out. We begin to do works of mercy as people are doing for the refugees right now. We begin opening up our homes, begin feeding them, clothing them, doing good. It's amazing that in the war right now, 
that you see the worst sin happening. And across the border, you see the greatest mercy happening. You see evil and you see goodness right next to each other happening. Be on the side of good. Do good to others. Be merciful as your heavenly Father is merciful. And God shall be merciful toward you. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign-up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.